Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. You're welcome back, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here again and to bring the word of God to us. Amen. Can I hear your louder amen? amen. Say your amen like you mean it. Alright, alright, alright. Now before I go into the word of God, there's a, a testimony I want to share with you. And um, it's a testimony from a friend of mine who lives in the United States of America. May God give you the grace to be able to go to such places. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, I will see you in America. That's it. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor every time Bechele, every time Kakasunanka, every time Kaswakofridia. But the time is coming, you will go places. Tell the person you will go places. Hallelujah. Alright. So she sent this message to me. Don't bother about who she is and her name. It's not too important at this time. But she says. On Saturday night of the 21st of August, I watched a movie about the rapture with my 12-year-old daughter. The following morning, which was last week's Sunday, which was the Sunday that went by, I sat with her to explain the movie we watched and how she can work out her own salvation. Just as I was doing this, I received a second link from you, that is moi, to join in the fellowship meeting. Last week we had some HSO, we sent the first link and then we sent another one. So she's talking about the second link that we sent. She said, when I hit play, there you were preaching exactly everything I was trying to explain to my daughter. It was too amazing. I just stopped talking and had her listen to you. It was truly, and I like the word that she used to describe it. She said, it was truly a God incidence. All right, you know the word coincidence. But she's choosing to use the word God incidence to explain that God is actually the one behind it and it is not an accident at all. She said, it was truly a God incidence because it was like you were in our room listening to what we were talking about. She goes on to say, even my 10-year-old son was wowed about how at the exact same time what I was saying was being said by you thousands of miles away. And he also called it a God incidence. Amen. She says, thank you, Bishop, for being obedient to the call of God and deciding to start these fellowship meetings. They are a blessing. Clap your hands and bless the Lord. We thank God and um, I'm 
just grateful to God that what we are doing here and what we are sharing with friends and family, you know, is being a great blessing to them. And uh, we're going to press on doing what we are doing because we know that God is on our side. Hallelujah. So this morning, I'm going to continue along the same lines of what I've been sharing for some uh, weeks now. I think that this is the third week. And I want to continue sharing with you on the subject that I may know him. Everybody say it with me, that I may know him. Say it again, that I may know him. Oh, say it well, la. Oh, say it well, la, la, la. Ask your neighbor, who do you want to know? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Shout it again, that I may know him. And this is the third part, part three of the movie. I mean, of the, of the series or the teaching on that I may know him. Let's look at our foundational scripture. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 to 14. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 to verse 14. And we are reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. <clears throat> Excuse me. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. There is nothing that can compare with knowing Jesus. I thought somebody would say amen. amen. Nothing. There is nothing that compares to that. Not all the riches in the world. Not all the oil in the Voltarian Basin. Not all the gold mines of Johannesburg. Not all the rice in China. Not all the coffee plantations in Brazil. Not all the diamonds where? Christia. Not all the kinky where? In Choco or Kolegono can compare with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. He goes on and says, For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Hallelujah. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. By grace are we saved. Through what? Through faith. Then verse 10 is the key verse. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Now that word perfection here means maturity. Maturity. But I press on to possess that perfection 
for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word and let everybody say thanks be to God. These words were written by the great apostle Paul himself to the believers in Philippi. Now, it is very interesting that somebody like Paul, considering who he was, considering everything he had achieved and accomplished, concerning the revelations he had written to the churches, could write and say that I want to know Christ. Because you agree with me that if anybody knew Christ, it must have been the Apostle Paul. Is that not so? Yeah. At the time that he was writing this, he was in prison and he was getting to the twilight of his ministry. He knew that not long after, he was going to be put on trial and he knew that he was going to die for what he believed. Yet, after planting many churches, after writing a lot of different revelations to the church, he explained to us that by grace are we saved through faith. It was Paul who explained to us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It is Paul who explained to us that if God be for us, who can be against us? It is Paul who explained to us our place and our position in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, my little girl. Thank you for supporting the preaching. God bless your lovely, young, beautiful heart. Yet this same person, the Apostle Paul, could actually write and say that I may know him. And what that explains to us, I have touched on that severally, is that knowing Christ is not just an event. In fact, there are three important statements that I ask you to write down. The first one being that the goal of every Christian must be to know Christ and to be known by him and to become like him. Is that not so? Is that not so? And then the second goal or the second thing you must understand is that knowing Christ is not an event. It is a continuous perpetual experience. Is that not so? And then what was the third thing that I, I, I made you write down? Check from your notes. Knowing Christ should be more relational rather than informational. So run those things on the screen again. What's the first one? The goal of the Christian life. Read it with me. Start again. Ready? Go. Second one. Mm-hmm. And then the third one. Hallelujah. And so when Paul writes and says, I want to know Christ, he's trying to get us to understand that he knows Christ to an extent, but 
he cannot say that he's finished knowing him. And he's helping us to understand that knowing him is a continuous, perpetual experience. Amen. Now, when you read through the scriptures, when you read through the word of God, I think that it is abundantly clear that God wants each and every one of us to know him for ourselves. That is what you can deduce from the scriptures. That every one of us without exception is expected by God. It is his perfect will for us that we will know Christ for ourselves. It is therefore the duty and the responsibility of all pastors and of all men and women of God. Never mind the title they bear. They may be apostles, they may be prophets, they may be evangelists, they may be pastors, they may be teachers, they may be bishops, they may be archbishops, whoever they are. God has given us, and I'm including myself in that group to equip the people we lead and the people we pastor and the people we minister to to equip them to the point that they will know God for themselves can I have an amen, amen. we are not supposed to project ourselves as supermen who have exclusive rights to God and that without us the ordinary church member cannot connect with God directly. It is a lie from the pit of hell. And I know that pastors, ministers of the gospel, you know, enjoy it when our members hold us in high esteem. They consult us, anything that they want to do, any decision they want to take. It, 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 it gives you a great feeling when they come to you, come and ask you, Then we lift out our voices. My daughter, my daughter, that saith the spirit of the Lord. Go ahead and marry that brother. It shall be well with you. You know, when we do these things and then people give us offerings and all of that, you know, it, it, it's, not a, it's not a bad feeling. But hey, as pastors, as ministers, whoever we are, our primary or one of our primary responsibilities is to equip the people to know God for themselves and to equip church members to develop in their relationship with God and to grow in their Christian experience. Every church member must be able to speak to God directly. Every church member must be able to pray on his or her own. Every church member must be able to read the scriptures, understand the scriptures, relate with God without needing an intermediary. That's not how God fashioned it. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 14. Now, these are the gifts. New Living Translation, please. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. 
their responsibility, everybody say their responsibility, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now notice, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and what? Read that with me. Knowledge of God's Son. Knowledge of who? So that we will be what? Mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Look at what follows. That we will no longer be immature or immature, as an American will say, like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Listen to me, my friends. Our only protection, your only protection against deception, against falsehood, against wrong teachings of the word of God, it's for you to mature. And one of the clear signs that you are maturing is that you are increasing in your knowledge of Christ. That's your protection. Otherwise, you'll be deceived all the time. And otherwise, you'll be led astray. And it is so serious that it can actually affect your relationship with Jesus. Can I have an amen from somebody? I was speaking to a couple the other day. The husband hadn't been well, had had some health challenges. And a relative called the husband and then called the wife and told them that they had gone somewhere to see a woman of God. And this woman of God says she has seen some wild things about the husband and that is why he's struggling with his health. And that she has a solution to the man's problems. So, they should organize a goat, a ram. Yes. Or the bayen quine upon chin cra cra. No are in nominal annum and quine gusso. Now, would you would see here or ricket our school boys? Any gelly said they should bring a ram a goat and then add a big sum of money i don't want to mention the amount but it's very big and bring it so that this woman will solve the problem for them i explained to them that you'll be making a serious mistake to do anything like that and i said to them that you can speak to god for yourself whatever you are going through you can stand on the scriptures and what i did was i put scriptures together a lot of them more than 20 scriptures and i sent it to them and i explained to them that pray on your own read these scriptures and pray to god based on the scriptures and ask god remind god of what he has assured us if you are not well, remind yourself that the God you serve is Jehovah Rophi. He's the Lord our healer. Remember what the Bible says that Himself took our sicknesses and diseases 
and that by his stripes we were healed. Remind God of what he said, that I will not bring any of the sicknesses and diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians, upon you, because I am the Lord who healeth thee. I gave them scriptures, declare, no weapon fashioned against me will prosper. If God be for me, who can be against me? I give you power over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I said to them, read those scriptures, meditate on them, pray about it, and you can connect to God yourself, standing upon his word. Can I have an amen from somebody? So please, my friends, listen to me, hear me, and hear me well. You ought to know God for yourself. And God has explained in the scripture that we read that apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers are supposed to equip the believers, the normal believer, to what end? That they will become mature. That they will know Christ Jesus, the Son of God. That there will be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I pray for each and every one of you that you will develop in your relationship with Jesus. I pray for you that you will go deeper in the Lord. I pray for you that you will not need anybody to tell you anything. You will connect to God yourself and that you'll have a rich experience in your knowledge of Christ. Can I have a loud amen? Amen. So we are looking at that I may know him. And we have looked at what it means to know the Lord. Is that not so? And we moved on to how can we know Christ? Which is what I shared last week. I didn't finish, so I'm going to continue. How can we know Christ? The first thing I shared with you, that knowing Christ starts with that initial meeting with him. When you become born again. And when you give your heart to Jesus. And when you receive him as your Lord and Savior. When you open your heart to him and he comes in. That is the first step to getting to know Christ. Is that not so? And then number two, I said that after this, you are supposed to develop and continue in your walk with him and continue in your relationship with him. Do you have that in your notes? You have that. I said that you need to cultivate and develop that relationship with him. How do you do that? By spending time with the Lord. You cannot develop in your relationship with anybody until you spend time with the person. Until you communicate with the person. That is what deepens your relationship and that is what will cause your relationship with the person to develop. Those who have spent time with me know a lot about me and there are things that they can say about me hallelujah so if you want to know christ you need to spend time with him and you need to continue in your walk with him you spend time with him through prayers when you have your quiet time you're spending time with him you will get to know him more when you have a bible study you are going to know christ more When you listen to preaching of the word of God, you're going to know Christ more. When you read good Christian 
literature, you're going to know Christ more. So you continue and develop your relationship with Christ by involving yourself in these different things that I've mentioned. The songs that you listen to. If all you are listening to, Kweku Frimpon, the Assembebo, 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 Kweku Frimpon, the Assembebo, 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 how does that help you in your work with Christ? How does it help you with, in, in your work with Christ? So even the songs you listen to is very, very important. And they are good songs with good words from a good source. They will help you in your relationship with Christ. So when you lift up a song, Here I am waiting, abide in me I pray. Here I am longing for you. Hide me in your love. Bring me to my knees. May I know Jesus more and more. Come live in me all my life. Take over. Oh, come breathe in me. And I will rise on eagles' wings. Songs like this help you in your relationship with Christ. Because the lyrics of such songs are deep and are drawing you closer to God and are directing you to Christ. And hear me, my friends. I can preach all kinds of exciting messages to you that will make you jump out of your seat. There is a place for that. And there is a time for that. But messages like what I'm sharing with you are essential for your Christian experience. And are messages that will keep you on the right track. And are messages that will land you at a good place that I may know him that I may know him and so you cultivate and develop, develop your relationship with Jesus you get to know him better by spending time with him in his word through prayer you should be able to fast on your own don't wait for a fast to be declared as a Christian you can decide that on Thursdays, I'm going to fast. Even if you do it from 6 a.m. to 12, it's still a fast. Decide that you are picking one of the books of the Bible and you are going to do a Bible study on it yourself. Yourself. And what does it entail? You must have a Bible. In fact, you must have different versions of the Bible. It will help your, st your study to be good and to be fruitful. You must have a concordance. You must have a Bible dictionary. And if you have a tablet, then it makes it easier for you. Because there are Bible applications you can download that have all of these things. You can decide to do a character study of Esther of Moses, of Paul, of Peter, 
on your own. You can decide to do a study of the words of Jesus. If you have a good Bible, you will find out that the words of Jesus are written in red letter. So you decide that from Matthew all the way through to John, and you find some of the words of Jesus in Revelation, and his words are written in red. Do a study of those words. I tell you, it will draw you closer to him. And you will know him better. Lift up your hand and say that I may know him. Say it again. That I may know him. Hallelujah. The third way by which we can know Christ. Number three. So the first one is that initial meeting with Jesus. That's the first step to knowing him. Which means that you must be born again. Then the second thing you need to do or you need to know or you need to move into in order to know Christ is you must cultivate and develop that relationship with him. Don't just stay at the level of becoming born again. Don't just stay at the level of speaking in tongues. All these things are good. But that is not the full depth of the Christian experience. You must move deeper. You must move further in the Lord. And the way to get to know him and to develop your relationship with him is to spend time with him and to communicate with him. Hallelujah. Number three, how can we know Christ? We can know Christ through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Write it down. Through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 20. That I may know him. You can know him through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 20. Good news translation of the Bible. I want that. It says, for this reason, ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks to God for you. I remember you in my prayers and ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you, to give you what? It's on the screen. And you should be reading it in your Bible. Do you understand? These are the things that do not make you know Christ. If you come for a fellowship meeting like this and you don't come with your notebook, you don't come with your Bible. Don't get to a point in your Christian experience where you feel that you know a lot already. So you don't need to write down anything. That's a mistake. Look at it right there on the screen. And ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you who? Which spirit is he referring to? Say it again. The Holy Spirit who will make you wise. And then notice what he says. What else will he do for you? Reveal God to you so that what? Right there. Right there you see it. So we can even just stop here. So Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. The believers in Ephesus. And he's praying for them that God will give to them the Holy Spirit. To what purpose and to what intent? He says he will make you wise and reveal God to you. 
so that you will know him. Hallelujah. So to know Christ, it requires the Holy Spirit as well. In fact, without the Holy Spirit, when you are reading your Bible, when you are doing Bible study, when you are reading good Christian material, without the Holy Spirit, you may not understand what you're reading. It takes the Holy Spirit to give you a deep revelation of anything that you read in the Bible. And it is one of the reasons why Jesus promised his spirit to us. Look with me at John chapter 15 verse 26. King James Version. John 15 verse 26. So you know Christ through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. It says in John 15 verse 26. But when the comforter is come. Comforter is another name for the Holy Spirit. The Greek word that is translated comforter here is the word parakletus or parakletus parakletus whom i will send unto you from the father even the spirit of truth which proceeded from the father notice what he says he shall testify of me in other words he shall speak about me he shall reveal a lot of things to you about me so get this and get this right my dear friends that for you to know Christ, for you to develop in your relationship with God and with Christ, for you to know him deeply, you need the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the reasons why God gave his spirit to us. It is one of the reasons why Jesus explained to the disciples who were so sad when he told them that he had to leave them. He explained to them that I must go. It is expedient for me to go so that I can send somebody very important to you. Who is that person? The Holy Spirit. And he says when he comes, he shall reveal a lot of truth to you. And he will testify of me. And in the scripture that we read in Ephesians chapter 1, he says he will reveal God to you so that you will know him. Amen. And so... If you want to know Christ, my dear friends, those of you here, those of you watching online, you need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has not just been given to you to help you to speak in tongues. So the only thing you think about is Romans 8:28. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit itself intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth the mind of spirit how be it he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of god so that scripture is used to explain this whole point about tongues but the holy spirit and tongues that's not all there is to him that's not what all there is to him and as a believer and as a child of god if the only way you, you, you benefit from the Holy Spirit in your Christian experience is that he helps you to pray in the Spirit. It is good. It is important. 
it's a great thing to be able to pray in tongues but i'm explaining to you that if you just relate with the holy spirit at that level only you are underutilizing a great power that god has placed inside of you can i have an amen from somebody and the holy spirit he's been given to us to reveal christ to us and to help us to know him and that is why we must also develop our relationship with the holy spirit and one of these days i'm going to do another teaching on just the holy spirit a series on the holy spirit and in that teaching i'm going to explain to you that he's a person he's not just air he's not just a force he's not just power he's a person who must be related to us a person and god has given a person to us who dwells inside our spirit and when somebody lives with you you are supposed to communicate with that person and commune with the person so to get to a place where the holy spirit is revealing a lot of things to you you must learn to commune with the spirit and acknowledge his presence in your life every single day hallelujah so understand that to know christ you need the holy spirit he it is who will reveal god to you reveal christ to you and help you to get closer to him through the things he reveals to you hallelujah number four how can we know christ number four by seeking for him wholeheartedly water water by seeking for him wholeheartedly do you have that that means you must speak you must seek for him intensely not casually you must seek for him intentionally it must be intentional it must be deliberate or deliberate it can't be casually so if you want to know christ you must seek for him wholeheartedly that means with all your heart jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 new living translation jeremiah 29 verse 13 and i want you to read it together with me today i brought you outside it's both hot and windy so you must not think of doing that thing that you usually do when it's hot and windy which is what please don't bring yourselves jeremiah 29 verse 13 can we read it together read it loudly disturb everybody else apart from yourself ready go hallelujah this is god speaking to us if you look for me wholeheartedly you will do what you will find me you will find me give me gene it is when you find him that you will be able to know him intensely does it make sense 
He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. You cannot know somebody you have not found. Think about, think about what I'm saying. In other words, you cannot know somebody whom you have not met or you have not located or you have not interacted with. So God is saying here that if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And if you find him, then you are on the way to getting to know him. So it starts with searching for him with all your heart. If you are searching for something, you can't find something and you are looking for it casually, you are not likely to find it. You know, last week, mommy was looking for her car key. It happens ever so often. She couldn't find it. And I needed to move her car. There's a place where I expect the key to be. It wasn't there. So I told her, Mommy, where are the car keys? Do some of you have that problem also? Okay. Some people are pointing to some other people. Mm, yes. Somebody is laughing to my right. She knows herself fully. So I said, Mommy, where are the keys? She said, I am though I think it's in my bag. So I said, get it for me. She took the bag and was looking. She couldn't find the key. And I was beginning to get irritated because I needed to move the car. Then I called my son. You told him, oh, yeah. I had to get my son to join in the search. I was there when he brought the key to me. Because her, his mother had looked initially and didn't find it. But when he got involved and the searching was intense, they found what they were looking for. And that is how it is with God. If you are looking for him casually, you shall not find him. You cannot find him. And that's why we don't get to know him deeply or intensely. Because the, the search for him, no, it's not wholeheartedly. It's like if I find, fine. If I don't find, fine. So that's why we don't develop in our relationship with him. So I'm explaining to you, my friends, that you need, if you really want to know Christ, is to look for him or to seek for him wholeheartedly. Write this statement down. The degree to which we will know Christ... The degree to which we will know Christ will be determined by how much of our hearts we put into seeking him. The degree to which we will know Christ will be determined by how much of our hearts we put into seeking him or seeking for him. I'll say it again. The degree, because I'm teaching about knowing Christ. Is that not so? And I'm saying to you that to know him, 
you must search for him wholeheartedly. That means it must be intensely with a lot of focus and purpose. And I'm saying that the degree to which we will know Christ will be determined by how much of our hearts we put into seeking him. If you only put a quarter of your heart into looking for him, you will not know him much. If you put only half of your heart into searching for him, you would also know, not know him much. You will know him better than putting just a quarter of your heart. So the degree to which you will know him will be determined by how much of your heart you put into seeking him. The more of your heart you put into seeking for him, the more you will know him. Hallelujah. So there's a song we sing. The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you, the more I I wanna sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heart beat. Oh, this love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace. It's overwhelming. The more you seek him, the more you find him. The more we seek for him, the more we will find him. And when we find him, if we seek for him wholeheartedly, then we will get to know him. And when we get to know him, we will end up loving him even more. Hallelujah. So you ask me, Pastor Johnny, how can I know Christ? One of the things that I can say to you is you must search for him wholeheartedly. And you know how you, when you really want something, when you really, really, really want something, how much of yourself you put into it. Is that, is that not so? The things you really, really want. So, sometimes people want to travel out of this country. Look at how much of themselves they put into it. And the extent to which they will go. And even the risks that they will take. There are people who, because they want to make it to Europe, are prepared to travel on the desert, Sahara Desert, to cross the desert, to make it to Spain and connect from there. Maybe you don't know desert, you see. Do you know the desert? Desert, yeah, yeah, sanding, 
That's desert. And it's huge. And there are people. Because of how much they want to make it. And because of that strong, burning, intense desire to make it to land. They are prepared to cross it. There are people in Tunisia and all these other places, they get onto small boats to cross the sea, land in Sicily and other places in order to connect from there to wherever they want to go to in Europe. Very dangerous trip. I say boats, manka ship. You, you see these boats that uh, fishermen use? Yeah? People are prepared to get onto these boats and travel across the dangerous seas with all those wild, treacherous waves. If only, perchance, they can make it. They are prepared to put their lives on the line. That's how intensely their quest to make it to Europe is. That's what I'm explaining to you. That if we are serious about knowing Christ, like Paul says, that I may know him, then we would have to search for him wholeheartedly. We can't keep going about things as casually as we've done all this while. Can't keep doing that. You've got to know him. You've got to search for him wholeheartedly. And you got to do it yourself. Enough of hanging on to the words of your pastor that he's everything to you. Enough of that nonsense. Enough of it. Grow up in the Lord. Look, you must get to a point in your Christian experience where if you come for a fellowship meeting like this and I'm preaching something and the thing is not sound biblically, you should know. You should know it. And you should know how to handle it. Of course, I'm not expecting you to raise your hand and say that, uh, uh, Pastor, what you are saying is not true. I'm not asking you. If you do that, you spoil the service. That's not what I'm asking you to do. There's a place for everything. And that's not the place for it. Why not? Why can't you come to me after the service and say, Pastor, there's something that you said, but I have a problem with it based on what I have read it's difficult for me to reconcile what you said to, to, to what I have read can you explain it further I will enjoy such things because who says I know it all I don't know it all so you must search for God intensely if you do you will find him and once you find him you are on your way to getting to know him hallelujah Number five, we are getting closer to the end. To know Christ, the fifth thing you must understand is you must strive to obey his commandments. You must strive to obey his commandments. That means that you must work very hard, try really hard to obey his commandments. Why do I say so? John chapter 14 verse 21 New Living Translation 
I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heart beat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I melt in your John 14, 21 Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them. Can you read the last phrase with me? Ready? Go. Read it again. One more time. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So get the connection. He says obeying his commandments will lead to something. The Father will love you and I, Jesus, will love you. And what is also going to happen as a result of that is that I will reveal myself to you. Which means that you will get to know me more. Because the one to whom he reveals himself is the one who knows him the most. So knowing Jesus or getting to know him better is connected to obeying his commandments and striving to obey his commandments. And that is something that each and every one of us must aim for. We must make it one of our lifetime goals as Christians to obey the commandments that he has given to us. He says we should love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. It's one of the commandments. We must strive to do that. He says we must love our neighbors, our neighbor as ourselves. We must strive to do that. He's explained to us that all the commandments hinge around these two. These are the two greatest commandments. So that's what we must strive to do. To love God. And to love one another. And if we love one another, we'll be patient with each other. We'll be kind to one another. We'll be forgiving of one another. We will be there for each other. These are his commandments and we must strive to obey them. And he says that as we do that, as we obey his commandments, he will love us. And not just that, he will reveal himself to us, which means that we will get to know him better. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. Number six. That I may know him. How can we know Christ? Number six. By experience. By a dear man experience first samuel chapter 3 verse 1 to 10 new living translation by experience you can know somebody by how much of the person you have experienced is that not so yeah if you've had a certain experience a deep experience of somebody there's so much you will know about the person so to know christ it also comes out of experience. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 to 10. New Living Translation. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. 
Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes! Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Did you see that? Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. He didn't have any experience of the Lord, so he didn't know that it was the Lord. So the Lord called a third time, and once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized, Eli did what? He realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Who realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy? Eli. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Now understand this scripture, this passage of scripture that I've shared with you. Samuel was a little boy. He had never had any experience of the Lord. So when God was calling him, he didn't realize that it was the Lord. It took Eli who was experienced. Eli was experienced in the Lord. He had experience of the Lord. He was deep in the Lord. So at the point he realized that it is the Lord. That it was God who was calling him. So you see, from experience you can get to know God more. Look at this other scripture, John 21 verse 1 to 7. New Living Translation. John 21 verse 1 to 7. I got five minutes to close. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I am going fishing. We'll come too. So there were seven of them. They all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you will get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus laughed, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. Notice, John could tell after a series of things had happened that the person who said to them, throw in your net for a cart must be the Lord. And he could say so and he could recognize it because of a certain experience that he had with Jesus. 
So when the thing happened, lower the volume of whatever you're holding, when he recognized, when, when they threw in the net and caught the fish, immediately he knew that it was the Lord. How did he know it was the Lord? Because he had had experience of him. So if you ask me, how can I know God? How can I be deeper in my knowledge of God? It comes through experience. It comes through experience. So the more you encounter him, the more experience you have of the Lord, the more you will get to know him. So that is why I have explained to you that it is a continuous perpetual thing. So as you go more, you move from one level to another level, to one level, to another level, you have more experience of the Lord and it will help you to know him better. Hallelujah. The next one, you must be humble, you must not be presumptuous. If you want to know the Lord, you must be humble and you must not be presumptuous. Presumptuous is spelled P-R-E-S-U-M-P-T-U-O-U-S. Presumptuous. And Philippians 3, 12 to 14, which we read earlier on New Living Translation, Philippians 3, 12 to 14. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Notice what he says in the first part. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved or that I've already reached perfection. What he's saying is that I'm not presumptuous. I don't, I, I'm not telling myself that I know a lot. Yes, I've started a lot of churches. I've gone on a lot of missionary journeys. I've written a lot of letters to the different churches. I've had revelations of Jesus Christ. But he's saying that I'm still humble. I'm not presumptuous. So ladies and gentlemen, to know Christ requires humility. Do you know that people who are too known in class end up not knowing much? Have you, have you noticed that? Yeah. If you are too known, you wouldn't get to know as much of what you need to know. Because that attitude, that too known attitude, anything that the teacher is saying is like you think you know. And you are trying to even say the thing as the teacher is saying. And all. That's what we call to know. And people who are like that, they don't get to know as much as they can know. Because their too known attitude, their pride, their presumption serves as a barrier against whatever is being imparted onto them. And anything you are trying to learn, you need humility. That's why children can pick up languages so quickly. Because they are very humble. They just listen patiently to you and repeat what you are saying. Like that, no, before you realize. But you and I, we are presumptuous and we are not humble enough. So there are things that we cannot get into. Hallelujah. So you must be humble and you must not be presumptuous. Number eight, you must press on and be persistent if you want to know Christ. You must do what? Press on and be persistent. Back to Philippians through 12 to 14. He said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on. Everybody say, press on. Press on. Say it again, press on. press on. Paul is saying that I press on. That means I'm persistent. What is he persistent about? He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And he's explaining to us that to know Christ, he presses on. And so you must press on and be persistent. That means that you must not be quickly discouraged. You must not be easily distracted. 
One of the reasons why we, we, we don't do Bible study as much as we can is, you know, sometimes it's challenging. As you are reading the thing, you are not understanding. As you pick a book of the Bible that you are trying to, you know, do a Bible study on, you are struggling to understand some of the things. It can discourage you and you can put it away and you didn't want to continue. But those who persist and press on are the ones who get the revelation at the end of the day. So you must persist and you must press on. Hallelujah. Number nine, you must be focused. Everybody say, I must be focused. That means you mustn't lose sight of the objective. You say you want to know Christ. You must focus on that objective. Remember that I said with you that the goal of every Christian must be to know Christ, to be known by him, and to become more like him. That is the goal. And you must focus on that goal. If you take your eyes off the ball, you will miss it. When I was learning how to play golf, and that's usually the case with everybody else, when you are learning, they'll tell you, whoever is teaching you, your coach will tell you, eye on the ball. Eye on the ball. Yeah. If you, if you are here today and you, you don't know what it means to play golf and all that, you may be saying in your head, oh, say golf, there to say, Chaskili. And now you say, born that way. Now, what ball? What swing? Now, what ball? What I say? You go and try it and see. Ube born from man, you know, you, you feel so sad. That me, I'm standing here, I'm holding the club, and the ball is here. And each time I swing, and from but the reason why that happens is that you don't keep your eyes on the ball. So it's one of the first basic lessons that you must learn when you're playing golf. You must keep your eye on the ball. That means you must focus on it. And if you want to know Christ, you must focus on that goal of yours and that objective of yours. And you must not be distracted into other things. And finally, you must forget what is behind and reach for what is ahead. Hallelujah. You must forget what is behind and reach for what is ahead. So he says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Notice that all of this is connected to knowing Christ. He made that objective clear. That I may know him. Then he goes on to explain the things that he did. The steps that he took in order to get to know him. Or the steps that he's taking in order to know him. And one of the things he's saying is that I'm forgetting the past. And looking forward to what lies ahead. What it means is that to know Christ, there are things that you need to put behind you. For example, like things that you already know. One of the impediments, I'm done, to getting to know Christ better and developing in your relationship with God is when you think you know him, Dada. Or because of previous knowledge or experience. And there are some Christians who speak like that. You realize that they are living in the past. Things that they used to do in the past. And they are writing on those past experiences. But I've explained to you that getting to know Christ is a continuous, perpetual experience. You can't stay in the past. You will not develop in your quest to know him if indeed you have that quest. 
That's why to know him, you must be able to put certain things behind you. You must be able to put certain failures behind you. You must be able to put certain victories behind you. You must be able to put what you know already behind you. Have you heard this statement before? You cannot teach an old dog new tricks. Why? Because the old dog where he's so stuck in the old tricks that he knows that all the new tricks that you are teaching it, it doesn't want to learn it all. It doesn't want to learn it all. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that is the problem with us. So to know Christ, you must learn to put certain things behind you. Hallelujah. My dear friends, there's so much more I could say. I'm not out of words. I'm only out of time. And so next week, Sunday, we are going to launch even deeper into our journey into knowing Christ. Hallelujah. So that I may know him. Say it again. That I may know him. Hallelujah. Bow down your heads and let us pray as we bring today's fellowship meeting to a close. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for the revelation that has come forth about different things we need to engage in in order to know Jesus more. We say together with the Apostle Paul today that we may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Thank you, Father, that through these teachings we are acquiring knowledge and revelation that will guide us in our desire in our quest to know Jesus more. For that is our number one goal and objective. To know him, to be known by him, and to become more like him. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, this is a private broadcast, but maybe for some reason somebody invited you to join in. And as you're watching, you know that you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. To know Christ it starts with opening the door to Jesus. And so I want to guide you to do that. All I'm going to do is to lead you in a simple prayer. I'm going to say the words and I want you to repeat them after me. But pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Say with me, Heavenly Father. Today, I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I receive Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. For the rest of my life, I will follow Jesus. I will serve him. He'll be my God. I'll be his child. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to me. Help me to know him more. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.